You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Lane Spare Time Bowling Show, only on 105.7 FM, the fancy Sparky Pfeiffer. Here, Dwight Albrecht, Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. There. Good morning. Phil Brylow is actually here, uh, <laughs> over there, from Extra Frame, Full Bowling, all that fun stuff. Yes, indeed. Uh, hanging out uh, here as well in studio. We'll hear Phil's uh, interview. He goes one-on-one with Norm Duke. Duke. We all know what happened last week, and he's the one seed for this week. So you'll want to stay tuned to hear that coming up at about 9.30-ish or and, so. And I got some good info on why Norm maybe got to that point the last two weeks that nobody else really knows about. So. Oh, oh, yeah. Our yeah. insider. Oh, yeah. Well, let's not get him banned from the sport or anything. Oh, no, with no. Too, this is, too inside of an info. Oh, no. This is not too inside of an info. We don't want it to be Ryan Braunish. This hey. is not Pete Weberish. no. Uh, okay, so... I got I got I got I got to start off here by by telling Ooh. you all uh something that uh I found very very interesting. So as I keep telling you guys each week, every week seemingly I come in here and I got something. And every week I'm amazed by the people that I get tweets from uh that are concerning bowling. And this week was no different than any other week. So I get a tweet on March 1st. Pretty cool, wouldn't you say? And it is uh, Duke looking to become just the third player in the history of the PBA Tour to win 40 titles. Mm -hmm. This guy, Andrew, retweeted Flo Bowling and tweeted at me. Okay. I got another tweet from Randy who tweeted at me. It says, at most Irish pub and Duke converts a split and I yell, Yes. My kids think I'm into this match because we are in the middle of dinner at the time. <laughs> okay. Obviously, that was on a replay. Uh, Dan tweets at Sparky Radio and at the PBA Tour. I watched a complete telecast last night. I can't remember the last time I even did that. Probably during the Mark Roth era was the last time he watched a complete PBA Tour telecast, Dwight. And he watched this entire broadcast now uh, this week. It's really giving you an idea of where we are going with this sport and how it is picking up the pace a little bit here going forward. Randy Peterson had some absolutely great quotes during the show, of course, which we'll get to in a few minutes when we cover the last week's events. But he did say something on the show about how great Boeing and the PBA and the whole Fox deal is, and I couldn't agree anymore. And it's it's like messages like that that just put a big smile on my face. Mine too. Every time I get a tweet about bowling, I get excited. Like, hey, look at looky here. Yep. More more people getting into bowling that haven't. That dude said he hasn't watched an entire PBA telecast since the Mark Roth era. Yep. And he watched this last week's show, the entire thing from start to finish. And I just keep thinking Tom Clark is behind home plate, and he just hit a grand slam out of Miller Park. I told you that when they signed the deal. Yeah, I told you that when they signed the deal. In fact, I called him up and we did a podcast right away. Right when they signed that deal, it was it is uh, a game changer for this sport. There is yep. no question about it. Now you're starting to see it now, and as we've talked about, and you will see it 
in full, or at least you should see it in full, next year when we see all new sponsorships and stuff like that rolling in right. based on the numbers you're going to have this year. Right, and more money for the guys. No doubt. Right. Well, and last week in Indianapolis, there was a family the whole week there that drove in from St. Louis to spend the entire week at the tournament. Mm-hmm. This week in Jonesboro, Arkansas, there was a family that came in from Kansas City, drove in to watch and see the entire tournament. You're starting to see – we're seeing more and more of these where – People are traveling to the tournament site to watch in person from out of town, where mostly you just saw before, ah, you know, it's a lot of locals, that kind of thing. No, there's people that are actually making these PBA it's events wonderful. A, a destination thing for their family to, to come and watch because the kids are into bowling and the family support it. And, yeah, it's pretty amazing watching. And these kids were watching the bowling. They weren't playing the game or anything like that. They were out there watching. five, six years old. They were watching these guys intently. And, and wasn't there a story, and you were there when it happened at uh, Castle Lanes when Bellwell came down, didn't a little boy drive states? Uh, There's been a few of those, yeah. That, to meet him? Yeah. I remember reading that or seeing that for on Belmonte, social media. Yeah. For Belmonte. And I'm sure yeah, there'll right. probably be a few people doing that this coming Wednesday. I know Phil will talk about it later right. on this morning. Yeah, I showed Baby Tosh a picture of her, and Baby Tosh like, oh, I'll drive and go see her. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God, baby Tosh. I had no idea people bowled with two hands. <laughs> Found that out on the air this week. Yeah, no, people don't bowl with two hands. You're lying. I'm like, no, I'm not. Uh, and Brylo's like, dude, it's been going on for a Not Brylo. Uh, Butler. Lower Butler's like, dude, it's been going on for a long time. Where you been, baby Tosh? Oh, come on. I'm like, just YouTube it. Just YouTube it, and you'll figure it out. Uh, okay, let's talk about the Indianapolis Open uh, from last week. All right, first off, let's go to the, the geek on the show. Mm. Dwight. <laughs> Uh, so they put up, and I, I love this. I, I thought that telecast last week was about as good as you could get as oh. far as from a, uh, well, outside of the one-score fiasco, a uh, little snafu uh, on the screen. Outside of that, I thought it was a very well-done show. I thought Lamont was outstanding in that show. Peterson was good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything I thought was really good. So before they start every match, like they always do, they always put up the oil patterns, whatever else. So once again this week, we're going back to what we've seen already once before, and that is two different oil patterns on two different lanes. So first we got the Dick Weber oil pattern, 45 feet of oil in the left lane. The Mike Albee oil pattern, 38 feet on the right lane, which means you're not throwing the same bowling ball, right, on both lanes. Absolutely not. They showed that throughout the show. Uh, Obviously, the two different lines they were playing, the different balls they were using. Only thing I kept thinking about, Phil um, and Sparky, during the show is all that technical, geeky information that's being given – Boy, if they could just give like that Kegel report, whenever Kegel comes out with an oil pattern, they show the sheet, you know, either at a proprietor, at a tournament, wherever you walk in. I would love for them to kind of get a little bit more in depth in what they are actually bowling on. They give you, of course, the distance, but I would love to know the volume. I would love to know the ratios of oil because then I think the average, high average league bowler could compare. Because you got a lot of guys watching like that second match saying, ah, I could do better than them. They Not shot 170, 160. Well, then you go out there and right. do, try that. And Randy yeah. Peterson was saying that during that sh- during that match, saying, you know, I know what this looks like, but trust me, this isn't a house shot. Uh, this is a difficult deal, uh, uh, what they're doing there, Phil. And well, he transition. Yeah, and the easiest way to think about that is if you go to PBA.com, they have the oil parents out there. You look at the Chris Paul, it's a 10 to 1. They say this is basically right. your house shot right here. Right. Now compare all your other ratios when you click on the other parents to what it has in that Chris Paul, and it's – 1.2 to 1 or 1.4 to 1 or maybe 2 to 1 if, if it's an easy week on the PBA Tour. Uh, yeah, it, it's out there. You're right. It's not on the TV shows, but maybe if they go, hey, if you want to check out all the old patterns, go to PBA.com, yeah, some, and then you can see all that information. Just to show the uh, the viewer at home how tough these guys Listen to me. are bowling on. I mean, this is great. It really is. And I would say, what, less than 5% of the audience is going to understand uh, all, all the stuff that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's going. Bit more than dude, that's had. going. Okay, maybe, but yep. but is that worth doing all this extra stuff yeah. for? If it, it's going to concern less than five percent of the audience yeah. that's watching, that's where I think streaming to PBA.com might be the best thing. It's a time saver. Hey, you want more information? Boom, you put parents? it up. Yeah, 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 baby. I mean, I, I just I think if you put it on TV, I don't think a lot of people understand what that even means. Yeah. But maybe. I mean, I I'm not against educating the fans, so trust me, I'm not against it. But when you're talking about, well, this will make me easy for me to understand my house shot versus what they're bowling yeah. on and then how that affects my bowling ball and where the ball rolls and everything else. Yeah, yeah. or Randy's tip of the week, too. I mean, right. they take 90 seconds for all that stuff. You know, why instead of week, hey, what does it take to pick a doubles partner like a few weeks ago? Well, no, what does it take to bowl out here and tour? Right, and this right. was, yeah. this last week was practice or whatever, yeah. how you practice. Right, we're talking uh, about practice. Talking about practice, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the first uh, match, uh, big nasty West Malott uh, against Rhino Page. West Malott lost 30 30- Pounds mm-hmm. coming Looks out good. there. Did he dye his hair too? 
I don't think so. His hair looked lighter to me. I don't, mm-hmm. I, maybe it was just me. I, right away, I was like, man, he his hair looked a little bit lighter to me. Uh, okay, so that was a story. And, and, you know, they talked about the fact that, you know, that's going to help his knees and everything else as far as him bowling and not being in as much pain. Well, plus all the weeks of bowling these guys have in a row now, where before it was, okay, I can, I can gut it through a couple of weeks and then take a couple of weeks off and do that. And Wes is a field guy, so Wes needs the weeks and weeks of repetition in order to be at the top of his game. I mean, the guy sights at the foul line, the guy's a field player, and, you know, without uh, having that extra weight off, he would have just beaten himself up. Yeah, no doubt. For after three weeks, he could have been in trouble for this whole first swing of the tour. And, and away we go. 2-8-10 split in the first uh, for Malat in that match. He gets a couple of pins. A rebound to the strike on the left lane. Uh, Page way left there in the second for a 1-3-10 split. Uh, gets the one and the three split. Then Malat finds his zone, throws five in a row uh, into the sixth. Uh, got a late messenger on the 10th there in the sixth. Makes it seven in a row. Uh, into the eighth, and it was pretty much curtains. Wes Malad just got into a little bit of a zone there, and he wins 242 to 192. Yeah, he did balk on one of the shots, and, and throughout well, the entire everybody show. Everybody was having problems with distractions right, throughout the show. Right, that's what I was just going to be bringing up uh, to Phil is um, obviously Randy talked about a lot of crowd movement, a lot of coughing, a lot of sneezing. I, I saw Duke blowing his nose several times throughout his matches. Um, I'm assuming that he was fighting off a cold or something, but, um, you know, I, I always look at it as when I was on Boy with the champs and I realized that it was just a local TV show, but I was so nervous that I had almost like a buzz going through my ears throughout the whole three games that, and someone could have been screaming, but I was so nervous that I just ignored anything that was going on in the crowd. Well, Bill O'Neill talked about in the full bowling booth while we were in Indy, uh, because there was a bunch of incidents where guys were blocking during match play. It's just like they need something where the crowd doesn't have to stay silent. We talked about this last week. Yeah, and and Bill O'Neill, as soon as that happened in the West, he got on Twitter, and O'Neill got on Twitter and said, this needs to stop, where somebody gets uh, has a cough or sneeze, and all of a sudden every eye in the crowd is on that person. Yeah, Yeah. and so I know Bill O'Neill, and he was instantly on Twitter with that, and then the fans started chiming in on it and talking about league night and stuff like that. It's like, guys, you don't get it. It's not league night. This is the PBA tour. This, you know, they need to do something to keep it where you don't have to have dead silence for these guys to function and perform. I always use the analogy of music or something. Yeah. I always use the analogy of cotton in the ears and then blinders on the eyes type of deal. I mean, it's going to happen. And, you know, but why not just have them cheer from, from the time they're on the, well, they tried that for a few years. I know they did, but that would eliminate this issue. Wouldn't it? Well, you know, if it's just fans having candle, you know, if you can have a casual conversation in the crowd, there's going to be fans talking. If you got a few of them talking and it's going to keep down a, you know, a sneeze or a cough or something like that, it's not going to blend in as much, but everybody's just sitting there dead silence. There's gotta be some way around it. And I'm sure they're thinking, I'm sure Tom Clark's got the wheels turning, but that is, but that is because of them. They are the right. ones that ask for silence. Right. They are the ones that have you turn off your phones and everything else. Yeah. And like you said, they tried it the other way. I don't know why they changed back to the way they were back to the old school way now of doing things. Because this is how it was back when Holman and Weber and those guys all bowled too. It was, I think, the years of the gold pins yeah. and Mark Rubridge. But yeah, you know, and and uh, they invited the fans to get into it. Yep. On every frame and every shot. And that's fine. And and Bill O'Neill noted that, yeah, when we're in Portland, it's that kind of atmosphere. But there's always people talking in the crowd. and I think It's a constant, constant. noise. It's not right. that one spike in the noise that throws right. these guys off. And when, it ha- when it's as little as a cough or a sneeze, then there's problems. Well, Norm Duke almost killed himself, so <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, okay, so uh, Wes Mullott just, just in. Uh, locked in 242-192 uh, over Rhino Page. Next up, Tom Dort. Not only is Tom Doherty on, but then Tommy Jones is in the booth. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's been in the booth before. Dude, just don't do it again. Please, can we stop with this Tommy Jones in the booth stuff? Th- this is what I'll say about Tommy Jones. I think Tommy Jones' information is outstanding. Right. Like, his analysis of, like, the emotions of Doherty, you know, if he can get through the first few frames, I think he'll be okay. And just at, like the the information, beautiful. Yes, the voice, the delivery, and the monotone of how he talks. Oh my God! Stop, little, little coaching. Just stop. Put somebody else in there. Put Bill let's O'Neill see, in there. Chris let's Barnes. see. Let's see what Chris Barnes is really good. Yeah. Bill O'Neill, I'm fine with that. Rotate it through. Put EJ Tackett in there. I don't care who you put in there. 
We've heard this before. Yeah. It's with all due respect, he's just not a guy that should be on TV. I that's not his deal. He's a bowler. See, we had Tommy and Stu in the Flow Bowling booth on match play Thursday night in Indianapolis, and Tommy and Stu did a great job together. Tommy gets somebody to play off of. He's really good. Problem is, is that I don't got think two guys well, in that booth. I don't think either one of them can play off of him really well. I don't think Dave Lamont I don't know. was playing off of him really well. Just- I know. I know Randy was. You could tell from Randy, you pick up the bleed on the microphone. Or yes. Randy's hollering something's wrong, or this score is wrong, right. or yes, whatever. Yes, I heard that too. You, know, you picked up yeah. the bleed off of Tommy's microphone, and Randy's trying to keep an eye on everything else, and then he's got to deal with one other guy in the booth. You tell it was too a much frustrating for Randy. Yeah, Again, I, I read that also. Snow knock on Tommy Jones. All I'm saying is, you're not a TV dude. Right. They need to know you're not a TV dude, and let's move on. If you want to do the full bowling stuff yeah, with Phil, go right ahead and knock yeah. yourself out. Hell, I, I, I've i been on Extra Frame before. They put anybody on. But all I'm saying is, is when you do, that was a joke at me, not at them. But the, for, for me, it is simply about the entertainment factor. Yep. There's got to be other bowlers on tour that can provide similar type of knowledge with some type of entertainment value. Because he, oh my It goodness. was some of the language that he used, and even Dave Lamont had to say, well, what do you mean by that? Right, yeah. and that is where I thought Dave Lamont was great. Like, in right. this match, uh, talking about they were adjusting tape in the ball, and he was asking the questions about, you know, why are bowlers got tape in the ball? What, what, what's going on? Brilliant. Loved it. Then it was uh, Doherty making a comment uh, in this match about, boy, I wish I could throw my the same ball on the left lane as I throw on the right lane, Right. So then he brought that up, and Lamont was all over it, asking Peterson, so why won't the urethane ball work on the left, but it's working so well on the right? I guarantee you Dave Lamont knows, but this is the job. When you are doing a radio show and you've got guys that know, you may know, but it's better to ask them and let them tell people. I've done it for years with Leroy and Gary doing football stuff, or if I'm doing the Milwaukee basketball hour. Uh, which I'll be doing uh, coming up on Wednesday night from uh, Fuel Cafe uh, from 6 to 7, uh, talking Bucks basketball with Steve Novak, filling in for Bill Michaels. But that that is what he should be doing, and I thought he did a really good job mm-hmm. of that because of it. And, and again, for you, you're like, dude, this is so stupid. I know all of this stuff. True, but a lot of people listening may not. I had no idea what he meant by throwing it in the trash. Right. Yep. I, I'm, so I'm glad that he clarified that. That's the first time I ever heard that. Yep. So I I, I thought Lamont was really good. Uh, okay, match number two. Uh, Doherty, 2-8-10 two split in the first, uh, but don't worry. Just stay tuned. Uh, he gets a couple of pins. Uh, West Malak crosses over the eight-count spare uh, in the first on the right lane. I'm not going to go through all of this. But this, to me here with Malak, he looked like I, you talk about transition between one match to the next match. Yeah, ugly. He went from being completely locked in, Phil, yep. to just lost it. Well, once again, it's, it was ugly. You know, Tom gets some practice balls coming out of the pair. Yeah, West tries to make the adjustments. Urethane. Yeah, and all of a sudden, yeah, here's West dealing with urethane on that right yep. lane. And it doesn't take much with the volume that was in those pairs. There was more volume in the short pattern last week than there was in the long pattern. So it right. doesn't take much for urethane to change that pattern around for Wes. And next you know, he's searching for a couple of shots. But by the time I got to the end of the match, he, he definitely got himself straightened out, no doubt about it. It was the first time all year, the course, that I saw both players completely lost. But did you also see during that match how many times they either looked at their tour rep or walked over to yeah. the tour rep? It was almost every frame. Yeah. So you don't think those guys need those guys? Oh, they do. I yeah. Think sometimes, degree, I yeah. think for Wes to a point, it's more of the psychological end of things. Like he thought he was throwing it good. You know, he, he even said that. He left the 4-6 in the third frame, and I thought it was great. And he had an mm-hmm. open frame on it, and it, it's just more of – Completely confused. Am I, am, are you seeing the same thing I'm thinking? I think right. more it is for Wes because he's just such a field guy. Right. So uh, as we fast forward here, Doherty gets a strike uh, in the fourth and the fifth. Uh, Malat, six count, right late in the fifth, only gets uh, three of them. Then a big five count spare in the sixth for Wes Malat. I, I think looking back at this match, that's probably right there was a big deal to him because I think maybe it, it picks up some momentum for him a little bit because then that was in the sixth. Then they take the TV timeout. Now they have the conversation, him and Tim Mack, and they decide to make a ball change in the timeout. He then strikes in the seventh to go down seven. Uh, and then I'm thinking to myself, okay, yeah, that's good. But you got to switch lanes. And then he throws a three, six, seven, ten 10 uh, in the eighth and gets three pins. And again, 
you're thinking to yourself, boy, oh boy, I thought he was okay, and now here we go again. Doherty, eight count in the eighth spare, up 18. That was Doherty's first spare of the match, Phil, in the eighth frame. You know, when uh, you're leaving pins plenty far apart, it's not easy to always pick him up. And, and they both were. Yeah. The whole game. Doherty leaves a 10 in the ninth spare. Mo- uh, West Malad strikes in the ninth and then strikes out in the 10th. Last ball was a urethane ball, and he just threw it hard and straight right. uh, and still carried it. What did he need, an eight count or seven yes. count, something like that? To force a double out of right. Doherty. Yeah. Yep. Right. Uh, and then Doherty leaves a solid 10 ball on the first ball in the 10th. West Malat wins with a huge score of 174. Uh, to 170, it was ugly. It's a um, yeah. I'm not sure how many fans stuck with it or got <laughs> bored by it and turned it off, one way or the other. I don't know how that all plays out, but that's something you can't control. Yeah, it can well, happen. I and I think with it not being a blowout, I think probably kept the fans around. Because exactly. I'll say, hey, these guys, you know, somebody's gonna have to double, you know, strike or double in the tenth to win. You know, that always helps too when it's that you know 250 to 170 blowout. That's why they got rid of uh, the West Rhino match early because that was done and yes. they showed West's first shot in the ninth frame. That was it. Move we're on. out, yeah. Yep, and that's what they should have done. Yep. He's Phil Brylow. He is Dwight Albrecht over the Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. Any fun stuff going on by you this week? Well, yes, we got a very busy weekend. Uh, got to get a quick shout out to our um, high school state is going on right now in Schwabenon and one of the teams I drill for, the Oak Creek guys that were in here, they, oh, yeah. are, they are in second place going – into the TV finals, so the worst they can do is uh, third place. So we wish them good luck. Um, I guess they set us, I guess, a school record for their qualifying round. So we wish them the best today, as the TV finals are today up in Green Bay. And you can, Jeff Regal sent me a thing. Uh, you watch the stepladder of state high school singles correct. as well you on YouTube. See. Correct. Right. I mean that that's a pretty cool thing, uh, and it's uh, something you can want to check out online if you're interested in watching that this morning uh, online. Phil Brilo, anything new and exciting for you? You get to stay home this week? Just a week in R&R before we start the biggest event of the PBA Tour in 2019. World Series of Bowling starts a week from Tuesday. so I'm just And it's not taped? Uh, they're all going to be live, yeah, from wow. the uh, Monday the 18th through Thursday Sweet. the 21st. Every night, Fox Sports <laughs> 1, the three pattern championships and the PBA World Championship on Thursday the 21st. And the USA versus the World competition taped uh, for the 22nd. So five straight nights of bowling on Fox Sports 1. And it's live. Four of the five are live. The USA versus the world are taping Thursday night. Jeez. So this is great. Much, much different than every other year we've done this show. Yep. It's just totally different. All right, coming up next, uh, it's match number three. Norm Duke, Duke has entered the building. What that means for the big nasty. Stay tuned. Gasoline Spare Time Bowling Show coming up. Phil Brylow goes one-on-one with the champ, Norm Duke. He'll be coming up in the next segment, and then we'll check in with Phil Anko from Castle Lanes coming up in the last segment. He has a PWBA star coming up. Uh, did I say that right? Yep, PWBA, yep. Yeah, good. Uh, star coming uh, to Castle Lanes this week. you want to stay tuned to find out who that is to make sure you're down there. Get a picture with her, get her autograph, uh, whatever the case may be. Just check Twitter. Lucas Wiseman uh, is uh, tweeting uh, at us that he is listening. Of course, the senior editor of Flow Bowling for Flow Sports, so uh, appreciate him. I, I actually bowled in the league with him back in the day. He was in the West Ronnie and Alley League with us. Yes, he was. Remember that? I, I do very yeah. much. Yeah. I remember how competitive you were, too, Sparky. Yeah. You, not, and the, you and the boys. Yeah, us. Yeah. I mean, not with and Lucas. And the trash talking. Not really with Lucas, really. Just like bulking no, just at with you. me. Right. right. <laughs> Fun league. He gets so mad. Uh, Bart Winkler from Chuck and Winkler. He's listening as well. He tweeted, I never watched Pro Bowling, but I do like listening to this show. Tuned in. Oh, thanks, Bart. I don't know if he's lying or not, but thanks for listening. Uh, okay. So let's get to match uh, number three here. And... Uh, Talk about uh, some of the fun stuff. It was very apparent from the word jump uh, in this one, uh, Phil, that Norm Duke was a fan favorite in this match before this match even started. Yeah, absolutely. Fans were behind him all week in Indianapolis. And, you know, the nostalgia feel that you get with somebody of Norm's age and stature. Yeah. It's easy for people to get on board with wanting him to be the the guy to take out the, the trophy when the tournament's done. They knew how much was on the line. You know, he was for tearing him. up in every interview oh he God. did before the first, yep. before Emotional. he even bowled. I mean, yep. you could just tell in his eyes, like, yep. it would, well, we'll get to this later. <laughs> uh, all right, so West Malott leaves a 310 in the first, picks up single pin. 
Uh, Duke picks up a 10 pin in the first and leaves a 2 5 and chops it for a nine count. Malat then strikes in the second, leaves a 2 4 on the left lane in the third spare. Duke doubles up in the fourth. Malat leaves a 10 pin in the fourth, picks that up down nine. Malat comes back, strikes in the fifth, uh, and I write down noise in the building leading to distractions. Uh, at that point. Yeah, and, and it was happening through, through the entire TV show. Duke then turkeys in the fifth. I write down, seems locked in. Then he leaves a 10-pin in the sixth. Spare, Malat doubles in the sixth, down eight. I'm telling you, at this point, I didn't know who was going to win. Because mm-hmm. Malat yeah. seemed to have figured out mm-hmm. the issues that he had the previous match. Yep. Duke looked like he was as focused as they come at this point. Right. And so you figured it was gonna it was gonna come down to the end. Malat then leaves a two eight in the seventh. He picks that up uh, for the spare. Duke strikes in the seventh. Nine pin count in the eighth. Uh, spare Malat ten pin in the eighth. Spare down only eleven. Then he comes back. Strikes in the ninth. Duke leaves a nine pin. Dude, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, the ball mm-hmm. rolled right past that pin. Harsh well, reality sometime on those shorter patterns, your angles that you're playing lets that ball get that strong roll through the 1-3, and it goes right past and, the 9. And, and remember, he's still, at his age and his build, is one of the few guys throwing 16-pound weight. Yeah, and he they pointed out, Randy right. Peterson's on the like He hauled 4,000 pounds during the week <laughs> with all his bowling balls or whatever else. Whatever. <laughs> what? Okay, fine. But, yeah, I don't, that, I don't understand. Right. I mean, 16 pounds. And to be physically, and he's just a little guy. Does he have any physical ailments? Like I haven't heard anything on that dude with In physical ailments. Well, he's he's had uh, tendonitis, golf elbow, uh, yeah, foot some... foot problems. Uh, he talks about it a little bit in the interview Shoot. later on. So, okay, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Phil Bradley goes one on one with Norm Duke. So he leaves a nine pin in the ninth, gets a spare. Duke then gets late help on a ten pin from the six pin in the gutter for mm-hmm. a strike on his first ball in the tenth. Uh, the strike on the second ball, Duke leaves a solid 10-pin on the third ball. Well, at least 10-pin on the first ball, it's over. Yeah. Duke wins 214 to 195, a much more entertaining match than the previous one. The thing that I was so amazed with watching that match, and you and the kids listening at home, you want to be aspirations of being a pro bowler. Not only did they show Norm's Duke ball going over the mark, they had it to like the tenth of an inch. Yep. So it was like 6.3, 6.4, 6. 6.2. <laughs> now, now, here's something for you. And I'm going to see how many times did you notice Norm play with his tape during the match? Right. Against how many How many times did he with do With the it? cork. They brought that okay. up that, that he uses the cork. Yeah. yeah. And it's feel thing. But how many times did so, you see it? A, a, a lot. So is that the gamemanship or was he having problems with his hand fluctuating? No, he actually didn't do it a lot in that match. Okay, because what they it haven't was been to, match. Yeah, but they well, and a little bit with that too is, yeah. you know, when you're using two different balls and two different patterns, and you're norm, you're trying to get that thumb hole right every time. Correct. Okay, so you're dealing with two different pieces of course of that. So his ball rep Cecil Scarborough from Vice finally yeah. convinced him to go to an interchangeable thumb in Indianapolis. Really? So, yes. This is the info I told you that nobody okay. else has. So they finally decided they they talked it over. Norm was having to go back and forth between bowling balls all the time on these dual parent events. What just wasn't getting the feel and everything. So when you only have to deal with one thumb hole going back and forth between the bowling balls because you can switch them out because they put them in that it thumb system. Yeah, it. And it takes a lot less. Norm doesn't have to worry about the feel and fidgeting and all, and he can focus more on task at hand. Well, I heard him publicly thank Cecil at right. the end of the show when you know he was holding the trophy, and, but I didn't know obviously what that was and for. And that's the reason why is that they finally convinced Norm to get in that interchangeable thumb. And if you look at what he did, he, he stayed with it. Look at what he did this week in Jonesboro, where he's the number one seed. Where you're going back and forth between these different bowling balls from lane to lane. Oh, feels everything. And you don't have, and especially if you're Norm, and if you don't yep. have to goof around with, oh, I got to get the cork here and this here. All of a sudden, that's one less thing Norm has to worry about, and he can just sit there and focus on task at hand. Knocking the ball, you know, knocking, taking the pin, uh, pins down at the end of the lane. I think it was the last year the Masters uh, in town. I think it would have been 2008, and he came in for a celebrity match at Bolero and asked the crowd a trivia question of who were the three pros were that shot 300. And of course, yours truly here got it right. Threw my hand up in the air and nailed all three right away. And he, <laughs> and he <laughs> who else would know that, right? Right. And he looks at me and he goes to the crowd. He goes, "Is he right? Is he right?" I think I want a T-shirt and. Of course, yeah. gave it to my daughter. Yeah. Uh, but um, after, then he went into the back uh, game room area and then started signing autographs. So um, 
the guy I was with, who was uh, on our couples league, we went down and looked at the bowling ball that Norm was using, and yeah. I put my thumb in his thumb hole, yeah. and in the tape and the cork type of feel, I'm just yeah. I looked at the guy I was with him like, I don't know if I could ever get used to that feel. Yeah. So it's quite unique how but, he has but, his thumb holes with but the cork and the tape. Yeah, but it's neat now where instead of having to goof around with that, switching from pattern to pattern. <laughs> right. Just switch out the thumb, thumb and, insert, and yeah. you know that could help. You know, league bowlers that come into your shop. Just oh, if you're going through two or three bowling balls a night. Yeah, Turbo switch. Are, yeah. Turbo has their version of it called the Switch Grip. Uh, Vice has IT. They're both fantastic, uh, especially if you own a lot of equipment, because then sure. every ball you have, the thumb feels the same. Yep, that makes sense to me. Okay, let's get to the Javi Chip now match. Uh, Everyone wanted to see Duke and Belmonte. Here we go. Get ready. Uh, just loved it. And Phil Brillo <laughs> said Norm Duke was going to win this thing last week, so Brillo deserves credit for that for sure. He called Duke on the win because of a success that he's had previously at Woodland Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so Duke starts out in the left lane uh, with a strike. Belmonte, dude, he threw that ball, that first ball in the right lane. The way that ball just went out and like snapped all the way back. Unbelievable. I was like, oh, buddy, <laughs> that is crazy. What do you think that entry angle was, he, Phil? He that, yeah, and he did that He did that for 42 games instead of Woodland Bowl and forgot the TV because those angles were pretty much similar for what he was using. That I was stupid. I was like, never <laughs> in my wildest dreams could I do that. Uh, Ted Pitt in the second frame, uh, spare. Duke Turkey in the third, uh, and I write down Belmonte's in trouble because it just seemed like and they were pointing it out. Belmonte's got to figure this out. Duke knows what the oil is like and knows what he's dealing with right now, and Belmonte doesn't. And that's a huge advantage when you're that bowler coming into that match with Belmonte having just got some warm-up balls along the way. Uh, Lamont said it bet It's going to be two heavyweights throwing uppercuts at yeah. each other throughout the whole yeah. match. Yep. And then I write Belmonte doubles in the fourth, and then I wrote, maybe not in trouble after all. Ha, ha, ha. No. Uh, that is Duke high in the fourth, four, nine split. Uh, yep. And it had, if, if I wrote this down right, I believe the conversion rating on the tour is 19.6% yep. on that split. He picks it up, up eight. When he picked it up, I'm going, <laughs> maybe it's going to be his day. That was it. I thought he was over right there. As soon as he made that and he had that momentum shift right back in his lap, nobody was touching Duke. Because the emotion was on at that point. Duke strikes in the fifth on a mixer shot. Uh, Belmonte Turkey in the fifth, nine count in the sixth. Spare, Duke doubles up in the sixth to go up nine. Turkey in the seventh. Belmonte strikes in the seventh. And then comes the story. Then comes the story on TV of Norm Duke being asked, who is the greatest of all time? We just had this conversation last week on the Castle and Spare Time Bowling Uh Show. And the man said, Jason Belmonte is the greatest of all time. Case closed. Right. Okay, so moving on. Uh, Jason Belmonte, I'm not even going to let them react to that. Nope. Jason Belmonte leaves a 10-pin in the eighth, uh, gets the spare, and he was a little shocked by that. Because I think, if I remember correctly on that shot, was the one where even Peterson says, normally that gets taken out if you're Jason Belmonte. Right. And he just sat there and could not believe that 10-pin was still looking at him. Duke leaves an 8-pin in the eighth, spare, and then tiptoes down the foul line and almost kills mm-hmm. himself. Because uh, that... I don't know how he did it. I mean, yeah. he's everybody kept talking about his age. Well, forget his yeah. age. I, I'm 10 years younger than him. I'm not sure I could have kept my balance. Well, as soon as it happened, I'm like, oh, he can't follow on the other lane right. because yeah. if he follows on the other lane, it still counts. Right. right. Yeah. Have you ever had that happen like that? No. Where you had to tiptoe all the way down the line? No. But the only thing that happened to me before my hips uh, had my hips replaced, right. I fell at state tournament onto the lane. But while I was falling, I had the presence not to let the ball go, which happened this week at at Jonesboro. Um, and so I, at least I, as I'm falling and I end up by about the dots on the lane, I had a ball still in my hand. So I did my version of the Machuga flop, <laughs> but that's Yikes. the closest I got to Duke tiptoeing to the right. You feel? No, no. I've, I've never st- done I've anything stepped like off or that. Yeah. But never eight steps to my right. Yeah. Tiptoeing, tip-toeing all the way down. down. That was pretty impressive. I guess. Uh, okay. So then Duke strikes again in the ninth, Belmonte strikes in the ninth. Uh, then it goes high, leaves a 3-10 split. Uh, first ball of the 10th, yeah. picks it up, strikes last ball of the 10th for 219. Duke needs seven pins to win, just those are kind of down the middle. Gets eight on the first ball. He wins, 39th win of his career, 237 to 219. Uh, and then I thought what I thought was awesome was the camera was on him. Duke had the presence of mind to literally talk to anybody he wanted to for the entire time the camera was on him before the Kimberly Presser interview. Yep ever even happen, then 
He walks over to the crowd and gives him the damn trophy to pass around. Exactly. That's what I put in my notes. Last year in Kokomo, he won a PBA 50 event, and he actually, there was a young man uh, there, uh, I believe he had cerebral palsy, big Norm Duke fan. Norm let him keep the trophy. Mm. Like, literally gave him the box, the trophies and everything like that, and said, mm. this is for you for cheering me on all week. That's awesome. It's one of the cooler things I've ever seen out on yep. tour. That was awesome. And then that. you saw people taking That's selfies. They love him. Yeah. Right, you saw people taking selfies with the, the trophy. trophy. Yeah. How cool was that? Yeah. That would have been awesome. Brilliant. I would have loved that. It's brilliant. Yes, I absolutely would have absolutely loved that. Yeah. I, and then again, you saw that emotional Norm Duke uh, afterwards. And I loved when she said, you know, did you think he would ever get back here? He's like, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get back here. Let's yeah. not get over over dramatic about what's going on here. But I'm just, I mean, and he pointed out, I beat Jason Belmonte. That, yeah. That's a pretty cool thing nowadays. But the call of the show, though, was when he made that 4-9 by Randy Peterson. Yeah. Hey, if you don't like this, you don't like Boeing. Right. Change the channel. Change the channel. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that was a great call by Peterson. It's going to be fun now to see what happens this week because he is number one this afternoon. Uh, in Jonesboro. Now, remember, there's no story. Th- there were a number of bowlers that didn't go to this, right? No Belmonte, no Kyle True, anybody else not in play for this one? Just the only one really off the top of my head was Pete Weber with a back injury, but Pete, Pete has been competitive in all a while. season long. Yeah. Right. So those three were the ones uh, that weren't there. So for those of you looking for Jason Belmonte on where was Belmonte, well, he wasn't there. He took the week off, which is fine when you're dominant as he has been and leading the the standings by quite a bit. Coming up next, Norm Duke sits down and talks with Phil Brylow earlier this week. We'll see what he had to say up next on the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show here on The Fan. Castellate Spare Time Bowling Show, only on 105.7 FM. The fan, Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, Phil Brylo over there. And I, I got to tell you something. We were sitting here uh, talking in the break a little bit. And when we sit here and we, we talk about the PBA Tour and where it's going, going forward, um, and how you take the next step, I don't know what it takes to do this necessarily, but they've got to figure out a way now to figure out how in the world do you get it to be um, a situation where you get more publicity on some of these talking head shows. Like, how do you get yourself there? You know what I mean? I think that has to be the next thing that they have to figure out. How do you get yourself on some of these talking head shows one way or the other? And I don't know how you do it, whether it's PTI. You know, we've seen the Jason Belmonte thing. That was a, what, uh, not based on Belmonte, Pete Weber. What was that? Seven years ago, the anniversary was this week with his famous quote. And that blew up across all the talking head shows. And we really haven't seen anything like it since. I think if somebody would have won the million dollars, if they would have had 300 game, on TV in the championship match these last three weeks, that would have helped. Yeah, somebody would have won the million. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. That would have been huge. I I wanted Kimberly to ask the question first thing, if Jason would have won in Indianapolis – Hey, great! You won the title, but for the third week in a row, you blew a million dollars. How does that feel? Oh, Jason? you you just want to poke at that dude. <laughs> See, somebody that doesn't like Jason Milmonte, no, no, Phil Brylo, no, 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 everybody, no, no. horrible, like horrible, uh, trying to pimp him. Thank God he likes Norm Duke. This is how it went <laughs> earlier this week. Phil Brylo here for the Spare Time Bowling Radio Show on 105.7 FM. The fan with me, the champion from last week to go bowling Indianapolis Open, Norm Duke. Norm, coming into 2019, a lot of people didn't know that you were fighting an injury bug. What uh, what was ailing you coming into 2019 physically? Yeah, I developed golfer's elbow from working a ball out on the senior tour. At that time, I had an injury with my right calf. I injured that while I was testing new bowling shoes, trying to figure out what I'm going to do going forward because I'd been using Japanese bowling shoes for 30 years. They don't make them anymore. And it was, it was time, the, uh, the Dexter group, the Storm group, they've both been trying to help me find something that I'm comfortable with. In testing them, I, 
I, I pinged my right calf, so I took some couple of days off, working a ball out, now golfer's elbow, and there's no cure. So uh, I've done everything with the diet that they say. I've done everything. Uh, when, you, when I say everything, I, I go to physical therapy three days a week. I didn't bowl our golf, our play, our workout with it, anything for eight solid weeks. I came out on the tour, and it was still a lingering injury. And then Wes and I got to bowl the doubles together. I didn't even tell him, Phil, about the injury. I was so nervous about not even being able to compete or finish but I said, look, um, this may be my last chance to bowl with a big man. I'm not even going to tell him. And I didn't. But it kept getting better and kept getting better. So after a couple of weeks, I was good enough to go. I knew I wasn't putting him in jeopardy. And it has. It, it has improved every single day just a little bit. So I'm really happy about that. The shoes are now back in check. They're not the perfect things, but uh, they're certainly better than anything I've tested before. So look. It's not a surprise to me that I can start bowling good again now, uh, but you have to be comfortable. You can't beat these kids out here unless you're comfortable, Phil. You know that. So 2019, a solid season, nothing spectacular. You were taking home some checks. You had some close calls and some events from missing cuts as well. But then Woodland Bowling in Indianapolis, and nobody has won more inside that building the last 15 years but you. What, what, is it, what did it feel like in the beginning of the week walking into Woodland Bowl, thinking to yourself, this could be the week? Did you even have that thought? I did never, I never even thought about it because I bowled a senior major last year in that building and I thought, no, this is my house. I finished eighth, they ran over me. And I said, look, man, you're only as good as your last game. You're only as good as your performance. You're not coming in relying on a facility or a venue in order to uh, enjoy success. So I went in there just as unconfident as you could be because I just missed back-to-back cuts in the 10th frame. Uh, I had been really, really working hard for something that maybe I can contend with, and I hadn't yet. Uh, But then once you get it going and you familiarize yourself with the huge, huge facility there is Woodlawn, and I know it back and forth. So once I kind of got comfortable... I knew. I said, wait a minute. You got a little shot here because you know how to play this place, low end to high end to mid lane. And you got two different patterns. It's going to confuse the field. It's going to make them tire. It's going to make them fry. So keep your head. Keep your gumption. And let's go. Let's go contend. And boy, lo and behold, I got a shot on TV, you know. And oh, man, I tell you what, when I made that show, uh, to me, it felt like I had just won <laughs> the national championship, you know. It was it was just huge. But then the, the show comes, and uh, you still got work to do. And I'm bowling the big man. Ah! Uh, I don't know how I got Valium, but I'm sure happy that it worked out the way it did, Phil. And you get to the championship match against Belmo, hottest bowler on the planet, greatest bowler out there right now. You get the good start. And all of a sudden, that four nine pops up and stops the momentum. And converting that four nine, that was the entire tide changer of that match. What was going through your mind between leaving it and making it? Yeah, just like you said, a tide changer because I had the tide prior to. And man, that four nine shot, that first ball, I just knew it was ching. And now I'm looking at a four nine. I'm thinking, oh my god, that's all this boy needs is just a little bit of a sniff. He strikes out. That's just the way it is. But then, sparing it, takes that momentum back, and it kind of robs him of the uh, ability to collect pins on the bench. I know that that, and probably everyone that was watching that event knew that that was just a key moment. Uh, As was the solid eight uh, a few frames later, you can't do things like that against Belmo normally. Um, We've just been conditioned to believe that he's going to strike out every game. And so I, I just said, look, try not to let it bother you, and let's hope you have a shot in the 10th frame. And that was my bad lane. If I had to have made a shot in the 10th, I don't know whether I could have got it done. Thank you, Belmo, for just not making me do it. And then, of course, you get the championship trophy. You take it into the crowd. The crowd's passing along. You're getting a great reaction from the fans in the building. And then you get outside the building, and then... What did you think the first time you saw some of those posts coming up on social media? What was going through your mind after you had the title and all of a sudden you're going through social media? 
Well, I didn't really do that. I got in the car, and Rhino and I started driving to Columbus, where I'd changed my flight, and I was going to fly here. And then he made mention about two hours into the flight, he, I mean, into the drive, he said, Norm, this social media is just blowing up. And I said, oh, cool, I hope it's all good, you know, what the heck. I think, you know, I think of myself as an old-timer, and maybe people are saying to me, like Tom Brady, you know, get the guy out of here, pull the, pull the rope. Wow, I got to Columbus and pulled up some of that, and I just, I, I, I teared up, and then I cried, and I teared up, and I cried, and then uh, I, I figured that this was the greatest response from the bowling community that I could ever have asked for. I cannot even believe uh, that the bowling community looked at me that way or appreciated it that much. And uh, Rhino said to me, he said, Norm, uh, as, a, as a younger pro, uh, we appreciate it. We want you to know. And he was one of those that just said it in person. We appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you very much to the world of bowling. I'll never forget it. And the rate you're off to the start here in Jonesboro, maybe we'll make it two weeks in a row. We'll find out on the Sunday. We'll find out when we get to Sunday after our radio show here. Norm, thanks for taking a few minutes with us, and best of luck on not just the Go Bowling Tour in 2019, but the PBA 50 Tour as well when that starts in April. Thank you, Phil Brylow. Nice to be on your radio show. I appreciate it. That's the late spare time bowling show. We're going to go over the top of the hour because we're late like always. Phil Onko joins us now from Castle Lanes on the great Midwest Bank hotline from somewhere in Florida. Phil, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, you guys. We won't talk about the picture you sent me yesterday. Uh, so, uh, Phil, uh, tell us, uh, you got another special guest in-house at Castle Lanes coming up this week. Yeah, we're real honored. We've got uh, Daria Payak from uh, Lake Wales, Florida, and she was the 2017 Amateur uh, Female Bowler of the Year on the tour. And uh, we were approached by 900 Global, and probably our biggest... It was it was a pretty big. Uh, it'll be an honor to have her there, but what I was told by them is she said, "I've got to see this Castle Lane." So I know she's doing the swing tour. They approached us, and we're going to really uh, show her the red carpet on uh, this Wednesday at seven o'clock until eight thirty. That's awesome. So she wanted to see your place. That's what I was told. <laughs> That is amazing. I mean, and, you know, you go back to the Belmonte appearance and the tweet that he put out, the ceiling and all that other stuff. I'm sure that got a, a lot of publicity for you guys, too. I still want a PBA stop at Castle Lanes, dude. I just think that <laughs> mm-hmm. would be awesome, Phil. Awesome. It'd be great. It'd be great. Uh, I mean, I, I had an informal talk with uh, Tom Clark when he was watching our match game tournament that we had at Castle. You know, he said quite a bit of sponsorship, but he thought that we'd have a uh, a real intimate, nice, uh, nice place for something like that. And I think I agree with that. So I we think, do have Lenny Borsch too. I mean, so. oh, and you have Lenny Borsch, right? In-house PBA 50 vet running your pro shop down there. But don't you think those PBA guys would just dig that place? Oh, Is there I, anything absolutely. like that on tour? Not particularly, especially now with the lounge area right. and all that there. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty, pretty awesome place. I mean, we've had it in 24 lane centers before, wherever we're in Shawnee, Oklahoma, sure. the Rothelma doubles in Oklahoma, that's a 24 lane center. So we know the PBA can get in there and, and work the event inside a center that size. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, what, what's up to it? The other thing too, is for the viewership. I just love Phil's concourse. You can see the whole side of the house yep. from the concourse, which is great for the fans. Yeah. No doubt about that too. Hey, uh, Phil, uh, how's, how's bowling been in Castle Lanes, uh, through league play and so forth? Have you seen an uptick in league play? How are things going? Bowling has been great. And it links into what you guys show had said. I, I think it's so important with the PBA and Fox. I've even, uh, kind of Facebook Tom Clark on that. Literally when they had the celebrity Super Bowl weekend, uh, shoot out on TV, I signed up two fall winter leagues through Facebook. I was getting private message while that show was on. And it's just such an important thing for bowling. I have had inquiries during the program while I'm on the computer. I always got my computer watching the, the live telecast on TV. Uh, it's been great. So You know, the I'm other thing, excited. too, Phil, is are you showing – the, the telecasts at your house when they're live or when they're being replayed at night or whatever the case may be? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
without doubt. See, and that, I, I think that's sure just huge. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's just awesome for bowling. Like I, I said, I I call it like the Texas Hold'em syndrome. I mean, when Texas Hold'em got on TV and it wasn't as exposed as this, that's all everybody wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And now that it's moved away from you know ESPN uh, competing with the NFL and its live events, I am literally getting contacted during those shows. Hey, do you have any league openings for next year? That is not a like I, to, I, I said to Tom, I, I have the proof to show during those shows where I'm communicating people. It's spurring people. Yep. So they're watching it. You know, I think I'd like to bowl. I, that's the honest God's truth. So it's been awesome. I just love it. And if people do want to bowl, you've got, I, I think, a very cool concept for a doubles league uh, starting in May. Yeah, we tagged up with uh, High Five Gear and Storm. And every bowler is going to get their choice of a high-five gear uh, pro-style jersey where they get their name, they get to pick a style out, uh, the logos, whatever they want. And then, or a storm three-ball tote, everyone gets a T-shirt. And then if you win the league, uh, you get your choice of any uh, storm bowling ball that they manufacture plus some cash. So, yeah, in fact, Thursday, if that league in the summer runs for us Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and right now it's the 1st of March, and we only have two spots available on Thursday. So if anyone's interested, they need to get a hold of Castle Lanes pretty quick. But see, for me, the coolest part about that deal is, because I talk about it on the big show all the time, the coolest part about that deal is you are in and out in an hour, Phil? Right. It's, uh, you know, two-person teams, three games, an hour, and and we're a pretty cool uh, facility. So in the summer, I like to look at it like the hour that you look forward to. You come in, I don't care how nice it is outside, we're beautiful inside, you bowl, you're competitive, and you get on with your life, you know, like whatever else you want to do during the summer. And then if you want to stay outside, you've got beach volleyball. Exactly. And that is starting to fill up too also. So with that, we have a $275 fee that covers your whole season for your team. Everyone gets six uh, Team Castle T-shirts every single team that signs up. And, again, there are nights right now where spots are filling up on that. That's awesome. Phil Anko, Castle Lanes, it is the best bowling house, uh, in my opinion, that I've been to, especially inside. you got the log cabin feel. you got everything. There's just not anything else even remotely close to that in the area. The way the inside is done, the customer service is outstanding by you and your staff and everything. It's just it's awesome. It's good stuff. Phil Anko, Castle Lanes and Racine, go check him out. The wild side of bowling. Phil, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Thanks, you guys. And get rid of that Lakers jersey on your nephew. <laughs> All right. See you later, Phil. Bye. Bye-bye. There Bye. he is. Phil on the Great Midwest <laughs> Bank Hotline. Are you looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Look no further. Call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. He is I, I, mm-hmm. one of the best bowling proprietors I've ever come Great across. Great ideas. Yeah. I mean, he just is. He just he gets it. He's reaching out, making partnerships with different people. And then you got a, a pro bowler who wants to come to your place. Mm-hmm. They reach out to you? Yep. Yep. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> come he's, on. He's hosted us for 10 years now at that Midwinter High School Classic. Whatever we need that day, he goes, <clears throat> I got it for you. It's yeah. it's beautiful. It's one of the proprietors, I always say, that gets it. Yes. Yep. Totally yep. gets it. And if you have kids that will absolutely love it, they do birthday parties, they do everything down there, you'll love it too. A doubles league for an hour? You get a jersey or a three-ball tote bag? Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. He's Phil Brylo. He's Dwight Albrecht. Watch the PBA Tour today, Fox Sports 1, 4 Duke. o'clock Central today. EJ. Uh, you're saying EJ Tackett. Saying EJ. Duke. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. I'm a gold norm Duke, but watch. He'll be right again. Enjoy the rest <laughs> of your day. CBS Sports Radio coming up next. We'll have to join it in progress because we're late. Have a good day. College basketball show at noon. Bye-bye. Get loose, y'all.